Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm sure it makes you feel the same way that it makes me feel. When we ask Him for something and we see Him move, when it seemed like it was impossible, then the next time another impossible situation comes up, gives you more faith to ask Him. And you believe that He'll keep His Word. He can never make a promise that He cannot keep. You and I have had to break promises. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you tomorrow. I'll, I'll do this and I'll do that. And something come up beyond our control. There's no way we could keep it. But our Father has never made one promise that He could not keep. So that gives us faith. That gives us confidence in His Word. We're going to pray. And I'm not sure Brother Joel mentioned about Brother Ed. Binkley, did you mention? Okay. We certainly want to remember our brother. Um, about 80, 83% of his body burned today in a, in a terrible, terrible accident. And uh, surgery today, another one tomorrow, another one in a few days. Uh, he certainly needs, needs a miracle. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. We know that our God is so, so mighty. I'll tell you one thing. There's a brother not too far up the road from here that was in a fire. When the doctors was fixing to harvest his organs within so many hours. But God said, you leave him eyes alone. You leave that heart and that body. I got more stuff for him today. Brother Ron Spencer. So he could raise his hand tonight and testify that God is the same God that can move for our brother. So we certainly want to pray for him. Three to four months in the hospital. So he certainly, certainly needs our prayer. I'm sure many of you remember Brother Ed and his dear wife that used to come up and sit right in here. Um, Brother David Tyler went down to the church there and they've started going there because it's closer to where that they live. But we still love them and still appreciate them. I'm certainly... You have needs requesting out before the Lord. Let's just <clears throat> bow our heads if you would. Lord Jesus, as we bow our heads in gratitude and thanksgiving and appreciation of all that you've done for us. Lord God, we certainly want to remember our Brother Ed tonight. God, we pray, Father that your hand would be extended to him. We believe even though as bad as it may look and may sound, Satan cannot take us until our purpose in this life is finished. Our life is not in the devil's hands. It's not in the devil's control. As a matter of fact, I've been reading it over and over again this evening where the prophet said, the devil was a liar and a bluff. And he has not one legal authority over a child of God. So, Lord, we believe that is true. It's your word. Father, these other needs and requests that were their hands uplifted, signifying something in their heart. God, I pray that you'd be mindful. Lord, I've got my hands on two handkerchiefs tonight that I'm going to preach with, Lord. 
Sister Harmony Sacker having wisdom teeth removed tomorrow. Father, we're asking that you would just be with her, that you would just watch over her, Father, and may you guide the physician's hand. Then, Lord God, this other need that I have my hand on, Sister Louise McKinney's son, been diagnosed with cancer in his esophagus, and you see what the doctor's plans are and their order by which they're going to assess this and try to attack it. But God, we pray in the name of Jesus, may you move on his behalf tonight. Father, those that are streamed this service, some sick at home tonight, I know, wanted to be here so bad, and they couldn't be. I pray, Father, your presence. You're not limited to the walls of this little tiny building, but may you go there in their homes. Maybe some laying in the bed, not even able to set up. May the Holy Ghost go into that room, Father. In the name of Jesus, may you minister strength, healing, deliverance to your people. Grant it, Father. Anoint me tonight, Lord. Help me, I pray, to speak your word. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. And the saints said, amen. God bless you, saints. Let's... uh, Let's uh, turn to Genesis chapter 15 tonight, if you would. Genesis 15, 13. <clears throat> we want to get in the spirit tonight, don't we? Yes, the spirit of the word. We want God to help us to be able to minister to us according to our needs and his, his greatness. Genesis 15, 13. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them. And they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterward shall they come out with a great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. It didn't make no difference how many times he got the flu, how many times his blood pressure got up. It didn't make no difference how many times he got sick. God said he was going to live to an old age. So guess what? He's going to live to an old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Now let's read this from question and answers. We've got to get in the spirit of the last days when the last days are here. Now what you notice now when this is preached, 19 and 54. So we know the last days are not just two 24-hour days, but the last days are the last 2,000 years. So we've been in the last days for a long, long time. Notice this, you go to a dance hall, you've got to get in the spirit of dancing or they won't dance. You've got, you go to church, you've got to get in the spirit of worship before you can worship. The world's got to get in the spirit of the last days before the last days can come. And we're in the spirit of the last days. And God's promised that these things would be here. That's what we've got 
We're in the last days and men and women are setting asleep and don't realize it. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. I was just reading this week and how that in so many of our schools and even in our universities and the increase of people being more rebellious and being more in a tendency to fight. And according to the statistics that they were re referencing back in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s, that they've never seen a time to where that people are at such, it's like they're at an edge of a frenzy and they don't really know why. And they're trying to understand the psyche of this generation and trying to figure out what is making people live right on the edge. I'm sure that you've heard about it, maybe saw it on news clips on your phone, of the thing that happened down in Houston in that great concert, so-called. 50,000 people there, and all of those people rushing toward the platform. Several people getting killed. Hundreds of people being injured injured and now all types of lawsuits. Now if the Spirit of God was to fall in this place tonight and we was to go to praising the Lord and worshiping God and shouting, why well, no doubt some of them people would call us crazy. And yet look at what happened to them. What was it? They were in that spirit of that rapping rock and roll demons out of hell and something moved them to rush toward this guy that was doing it which already had a reputation of causing the crowds to do that. Don't you understand? These people are anointed from hell. They are anointed with demons out of hell to cause this type of stuff. Look young people Brother Donnie is not trying to keep you away from rock and roll music. If it would bless your soul, I'd be going down the road, be bopping my head. I'd be thumping and I'd have my bass turned up. But it ain't good for you. That's what it does. It anoints you with hell. These people are anointed with demons to write it. They're anointed with demons to play it. And they're trying to get on you to anoint you to listen to. And look what it does when they all get together in a place like that and it leads them to destruction. What is that? It's only a small minor release of what it's fixing to do. It's leading them straight to the tribulation. No doubt most of those people had no idea they were going there and it would be the last night they would ever live on earth. You think they would have went there thinking, I'm going to this concert tonight and I'm going to lose my life. I'm going to be injured. I'm going to be injured and I'll never get over this. Why, of course they did not. They thought, oh, I'm going there to have a big time and I love this guy. I love hearing all that singing. And they want to criticize us because we go to the house of God and we get helped and we get delivered and we get healed. I'll take this any day out of the week. I'll take this any night out of the week. Because the gospel does not drive you insane. It does not make you strip off your clothes and act like a bunch of idiots, but it clothes you and puts you in your right mind. 
Is that right? But can we stop that sort of thing? No. Now think of it. Something like that has never been down through time. Now we know that music has always been a tool of Satan. And we know the violence was rampant. It was in the Andalusian destruction. And we're coming back to that prophecy and we have arrived. To where that the people, and you know it as well as I do, you see it all the time when you're out on the streets. And people, my, if you get into a parking spot at Walmart, you better be looking around and make sure somebody wasn't eyeing that from 150 yards away because they'll look at you like I don't know what and they'll pull right in front of you. They'll dart right in front of you to save three seconds and nearly cause a wreck. What in the world is the matter with this age? It's the spirit of the last days and it's going to get worse and worse. But on the other hand, there's also another spirit that is here, and that is the spirit of God. So what is the spirit of God for us to get into? Well, I want to tell you right now, it's not to get in the spirit of idolatry to worship some man, whether he's a prophet or a pastor or whoever it is. It is not to make idols out of men. It is not to make idols out of the ministry. Come on, somebody. It is not to lift up men higher than they should be lifted up but it is to lift up and, and give praise and honor to our Lord. He is the only one that is worthy of our praise. There's a spirit on the earth now from the presence of God that is sent here to anoint the bride and to bring her faith to a place that she has never been before. The prophet prophesied about it and he said he believed that it would rise in the last days when men would speak and the heavens would be shaken. That limbs would actually be created. That God would do things like had never been done before. What I want to tell you I believe that spirit of God is here. So you know what Satan's going to do? He's going to try his best to keep us out from under that anointing and get us under an anointing of fear and anxiety and worry and trouble. Oh we don't know if you know, should I get vaccinated? Should I not get vaccinated? If somebody sneezes in Walmart, the building cleans out in 15 seconds flat. They about do that in church. People are scared to death. They're so nervous. They're so uptight. They're scared to death. It's time that we as the people of God put this kind of fear under our feet. I'm not talking about being foolish. Sure, be sensible. Know a mood with faith. But do everything that you can do. And then when you do all of that, still walk by faith. We're not not walking by sneezing. We're not walking by sight. We're not walking by vitamin D and this vitamin and that vitamin. My goodness, some of you ain't nothing but a walking vitamin store. You're full of vitamin D and vitamin E. You're going to turn yellow from so much keratin in your body because you're trying to get that. You better get some vitamins called prayer. You better get some vitamins that'll bring this fear where it needs to be, which is under your feet. The Lord Jesus does not want his bride walking around and so caught up and terrified of this and that and the other. We ought to live every day as who we are and that is the victorious bride of Jesus Christ. 
Oh man, does that mean we're not going to fight? Of course we're going to fight. Are we going to have battles? Of course we're going to have battles. God never called us to a picnic. He didn't give us a red and white checkered blanket and send us a bunch of sweet rolls and a little bit of honey and a little bit of iced tea. Well, if that was what the Lord would have given us, we know we're going on a picnic. But he gave us a pair of binoculars and he gave us a scope and our gun and he gave us a sling to put it up on our shoulder and he never gave us little BBs, but he gave us M80s. He gave us everything we need to blow the devil's head off. And I'll tell you one thing, when he gave us that, it ought to let us know that we're not out here just marching around. I don't want to be a part of an army and we can all march and we've all got it down pat and we get into the battle, we're like a bunch of cowards. I don't think God wants Happy Valley Church to be a people that can march to the music and knows how we ought to dress and we dressed apart and we looked apart but when it comes to the battle, you ain't got nobody standing with you. As a pastor of this church, I don't want folks just looking right. I don't want them just dressing right. I want it when we get into the warfare that there's brothers, oh my, and there's sisters, and there's young people. And when I hit the foxhole, I look there behind me, and there you are. And there's another one there. Not just old people, but young people. When we come to the time of stress that I don't look around in the foxhole, where is everybody? I'm finding them there by myself. I want to see you there. I want to see you there. I want to see you there. Those of you that are streaming, I want to know that even though you may not be able to be here, you're sending your prayers right there and you're saying we will face this together. We will conquer it together because we are the people of God. The scripture that we're going to read tonight, again from last Wednesday, is a carryover of thousands of years. Certain words of God are activated by timeline. They will be activated for a certain time, and then they will expire. There are some of them that run from the beginning plumb to the end, and this one is one of them. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing, offering his son Isaac, and as was not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. He who possessed the gate possessed the city. He who possessed the cities possessed the country. Now, when God made this promise to Abraham, he didn't exactly give him all the instructions of how this was going to be. And probably if God would have told him some of the great things he was going to use, Abraham would have laughed again as he did when God told him it was going to have a son. Because the weapons that God uses to defeat the devil sometimes are almost comical. They are so extreme on the other side of reasoning because they're on the side of faith. 
God in the book of the Judges, as we looked at one of the characters there last week, and saw how that God had moved upon Shamgar, and look at what God used, and then looking at Samson and see what God used. But the book of Judges is quite an illustration of the contrast in the way that God would move compared to the mind of man. Now I wrote these things down. The judges use eight weak things that God used to confound the mighty. In Judges 3.21, when God needed something to be able to move against King Ehud, E-H-U-D. Judges 3.21, and God chose a man that was left-handed. Now, left-handed people in the Bible were unusual because whenever you find a person was left-handed, you notice that the Bible would make particular notice of it. But it wasn't always as an item of respect. It was that you were kind of strange if you were left-handed. So, you know, you were there and you were left-handed as I was sitting at a table some years ago and there were some brothers there eating and they were throwing off at Lance because Lance was left-handed they just kept saying this and saying this and saying this. They were sitting where they could not see which hand I was using. <laughs> and then Lance let it go for a bit, let it go for a bit. And then Lance thought it was a good time to point out that I also was left-handed. Now you can imagine that brother's face was about as red as this bottle. But you know, the left-handed thing in the Old Testament especially was not a very looked up on, but yet God thought when it come down to it that he would use a left-handed man. And you remember also in the army of David, there were several left-handed men, which again was very unusual, and God pointed it out, had the writer to point it out, because it was something that you would not be favored if you were left-handed. Some of you probably remember the story that little Joseph Branham, whenever he was small, and Brother Branham and Sister Branham, he was left-handed, so saying, use your right hand, use your right hand. Even in our own generation, there was a time that it was not looked upon very well. So God decided, instead of using right-handed, well, my goodness, the big majority of the population on the earth is right-handed. So God thought to contrast that, he would use somebody which was left-handed, which means your right brains. If you're left-handed, you're right-brained. If you're right-handed, you're left-blamed. Now, being left-handed, you heal quicker. Being left-handed, there's lots of different things. It's not just you just use this particular hand. But there's actually things in the anatomy of your body. But God said, I would like to take something that the majority of Israel would probably never use, and that would be a left-handed man. And God used this individual to be able to possess the gate of a king that was coming against them. Also in the book of Judges chapter 4, verse 4, God decided to use a woman judge. And her name was Deborah. Now, that was so unlikely. Now, remember, she wasn't a preacher, and she was not a priest. But she was a judge. But God decided to use a woman. Well, praise the Lord. Y'all got really quiet on me then. You're quieter on that than you was the left-handed part. But God wanted to do that. Why? Because he's God. So God did not choose some great big muscular man, but God wanted to use a woman. Well, I thought at least some of you sisters would say amen to that. 
that. So you know what? God was choosing people and individuals that would seem so small, so irrelevant, so out of the natural, but I think that God wanted to portray a picture from the Old Testament to the New that God can take things and individuals and even items sometimes that are so small and do such a great victory that anybody in the right mind would have to say that would definitely have to be God because there ain't no way in the world that could happen on its own. So the left-handed guy and here was a woman. Then also in the book of Judges chapter 4 verse 21 that God decided to use a nail. A nail. Okay, so a king, an invading king comes in and this, this woman, uh, the, the, he come into their tent and God decided again to use a woman and the woman, the king run in and hid and the armies of Israel are after him. So they let him go in and lay down and take a nap. Boy, that was a long nap. As a matter of fact, he's still napping. Yeah, so they, they let him go in there and instead of her husband going in, this was actually Heber's wife was, was who she was and whenever the king went to sleep she went out and got a hammer and a nail and she come in and drove that old boy's skull to the ground. Wow what a sister. Praise God what a sister. Now my goodness you think why in the world would God give her? that's so uncouth. It's so unorthodox and not only that it was a bloody mess and she got dead. But God decided in the book of Judges that he wanted to use different things that he'd ever used before. What if God is able to do that? Then I believe God's able to use, uh, you know, poor little people like us, people that's messed up and people that's done, the, come on, done this and that and the other. What about it? If God could use a woman in the Old Testament, you reckon God could use a sister in the New Testament in the last days to be a prayer warrior? She may not be able to get in the pulpit and preach, but God may put on her heart to pray for Brother Darrell, for Brother West, for these other ministers that's out on the field preaching, and they may never even know that little saint of God is down on her knees, but at the day of judgment when the rewards are being given out and that little daughter of God walks up there and the whole system, my every one of them will just be spellbound as that little daughter of God is rewarded for praying for Brother Darrell when he was going through this and that and the other and all of a sudden Brother Darrell felt a strength from where he didn't know what was it that little daughter of God prayed. She didn't have a hammer nail in her hands but she had faith in her heart and a prayer on her lips. God still uses women. Well, praise the Lord. Also in the book of Judges, chapter 9, verse 53, and a certain woman cast a piece of a millstone upon Abimelech's head and to break his skull. Ah, another woman. Wow, I mean, this sister must have been some kind of rock-throwing sister, wouldn't she? Man alive. I mean, you say, Brother Donnie, why in the world would the Lord do that? Don't you see why God chooses what he does? Sometimes 
because he chooses things that we don't even approve of. He will even go in avenues in our life. I don't know about you, myself, when it comes to divine healing and miracles and supernatural, my way of looking at it, it looks like to me, it would bring much more glory to God that if you would just come up here, I'd pray for you, these other brothers would pray for you, and you'd be totally healed, and we'd all know it, and we'd never go to a doctor again, would never visit a surgeon, would never go to another doctor, but then you look and say, but wait a minute, if that happened only right here in church, how many of them people out there would be an eyewitness that they knew you was eat up, or they knew that there's no hope for you to live, and then they saw you sometime later and said, is that you? Are you that one? Yes. How? God moved. That's how. So sometimes the channel, even that God moves, you know, he may move through surgery, and my, that was one of the difficult things for me coming from Pentecost, of being able to absorb what the prophet said, that God heals by love, God heals by music, God heals by surgery, God heals, he said, the bottom line, the whole thing of it is, God heals. Why? Well, sometimes, look at the miracle of Donnie Morton. You remember reading about the story of Donnie Morton, and his daddy had to save up Monday to be able to bring him to Brother Branham, and when he does, what does God do? God tells Brother Branham and shows him a vision of an old country doctor that will be able to perform the surgery. Why would not God have healed him then? Probably Reader's Digest would have never published it in the Reader's Digest magazine. If he would have simply come to Brother Branham and laid hands on him, it would just have been another miracle in Brother Branham's ministry. But God had it done in such a way that he made the world around the world testify of his great power. I wish somebody would say amen. Oh, you think about God getting a hold of a man by the name of Gideon, and man, he had the office bunch of people in his church that ever was. They had a big old gigantic church, and God said, you got too many attending your church, boy. I'm telling you what, I want you to go down by the river there, and I want the, all of them to drink a certain way on one side, and all to drink another way. You remember the story. And then God said, you still got too many. I'm going to divide them again. When he got done, he had 300. 300. You imagine out a thousand? And he got down there and said, Lord, you got to be kidding me. This is all you want to do? Well, you want 300 men? God said, this is plenty enough. Actually, I only need one, but I just give this 300 to kind of encourage you along. They're going to make music with you, and they're going to shed their light. Oh, you imagine the men got to, all right, praise God. Let's get out our swords and get in and said, boys, you ain't going to need them first time. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to fight this fight in a way we ain't never fought before. I want every one of you to get a picture, and I want you to get a candle, and I want you to put that light inside of that picture, and then we're going to have trumpet blowers, and we're going to have music, and I'm going to tell you one thing, I want you boys to blow till you feel like you're blowing the end off of your bugle. I want it to be so loud, it's going to scare that enemy to death, and whenever you do, I want you to shout unto the Lord, and you imagine the angels of God standing up there with that anticipation, watching, hallelujah, and the Spirit of God came down and anointed those men and the reverberation and the echo and the speed of sound coming down through that canyon and place where they were it must have sounded like thousands times thousands and they looked up there in the night time there everybody had a trumpet and they had a lantern and they had a pitcher and they looked around and they looked around it looked like thousands it wasn't but 300 it wasn't but 300 I'll tell you one thing when the seed of Abraham know who they are if one of you can chase a thousand, then two of you can chase ten thousand. Oh, Lord, children, you mean to tell me what Holy Ghost feel 
a thousand devils, well, somebody come and stand by my side and we'll take on 10,000. Well, what about another? What about another? What about another? Praise be to God. You imagine Samson being out there and the Philistines come upon him. He wasn't planning on fighting that day. He's on vacation. He'd been down to Dollywood, we'll say. Little pigeon forge trip, you know. Just kind of little, let a little stress off. And he's out there in the middle of the field, and you're the cub. Why well, he looks around everywhere, and the only thing he sees is, wow. So he goes over and picks it up. It's not atomic, it's not laser guided, it's the jawbone of an ass. And then Philistines with helmets an inch thick, solid brass. Well, all he knew was pick up that, praise God, here we go. You boys interrupted my pigeon forge vacation, you're paying. He started killing them devils right and left. You imagine, say, come on, you want some of it too, come on. Oh my time, he got down this piled up everywhere, laying there. How in the world is that even possible? It's not possible. It is not possible by the way of a man thinking. No more, some of you are still staggering, I know, because I've been hearing from you. Of them, of them gates weighing eight to 10 tons and being approximately 90 feet wide, two feet thick. Hallelujah, and a man carrying him up, a little bitty old curly-headed shrimp carrying it all 20 miles over 3,700 feet in elevation shouting on the way up. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Like a man carrying a bale of straw on his back going right up. Why? He had the faith to believe I am a seed of Abraham. Out of my way, devil. Oh. Oh, listen to this. When you get this spirit in you, then the burdens of life become light. Now maybe some of you will be honest with me tonight and say, Lord, I need this quote more real in my life. Amen. The burdens of life become light. You don't notice them anymore. The yoke is lined with feathers. They become so easy. And then the people pile things on you. You know what? You're like Samson at the gates of Gaza who picked up the big brass gate and packed it up on the hill. And when you get to a place that the Holy Spirit has you, not you, the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit has you. You say, I got the Holy Ghost. I don't think that should be said. You must say, the Holy Ghost got me. Ain't a doubt in my mind, a lot of folks have got the Holy Ghost, but they ain't, they ain't and on the other side, ain't a doubt in my mind, the Holy Ghost ain't got them. They got just enough to shout. They got just enough religion to make them miserable. But if he ever gets you, brother, you're finished. I mean, you are finished. I don't think that should be said. You must say the Holy Ghost got me. How many can say it tonight? The Holy Ghost got me. And then when 
the Holy Ghost gets you, the burdens, the yoke is easy. Then you pick up the big gates of Gaza and you pack them straight to Calvary and there on Mount Calvary you lay them at the feet of Jesus and pray for your enemies, not with a grudge, Lord, if you bust him open, no, but with something within your heart, dear God, that man is a man like I am. You see what's lacking in the church, friend? Hallelujah. You see, this scripture applies to us today just like it did Shamgar, just like it did Samson, just like it did the children of Israel, just like it did Moses, just like it did Elijah. Watch this. The prophet said, Elijah, he also, the seed of Abraham, when the whole nation turned against him, the king, the queen, everyone, yet he stood there on Mount Carmel on the promise of God and possessed the gates, the international gates of that country. You understand what the rapture is going to do? The rapture is going to capture international gates all over the world in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye brothers and sisters in Zimbabwe, our brothers and sisters in Kenya, our brothers and sisters in China, God ain't scared of red China, God ain't scared of the communist thing, they can't hold God back, God the rapture will conquer every gate where every seed of God is, some of them out there in the Samoya Islands and here and there wherever they are in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, the spirit of God will come upon the earth and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain, we shall be changed or capture the gates. Hallelujah. You see, this runs in my family. That's why it excites me. I had three brothers one time. Oh, you said, but I thought you had two brothers, Harry and Jamie. No, this is brothers, this is my Old Testament brothers. Shadrach. Meshach, Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, true, O king. He answered and said, lo, I see four men, not three men and one angel. But I see four men loose walking. Lord have mercy. I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. Now, can you imagine men walking in the middle of a fire? Well, that's totally impossible. Well, scientifically, Brother Donnie, there is absolutely no way I would have to go there and be able to test what kind of clothes they had on. Did they have Kelvar? Did they have this and that and the other? They had faith. They had faith. They did not have on Kelvar. They did not have on some fiery titan that the Lord Jesus come and just... Hallelujah. It was his presence. It was his presence. Glory to God. Oh, children, this is the kind of people we want to be, that we walk in the midst of our fire. That we don't sit on the corner, well, poor little me, wowsy, wowsy, woo. Poor little me, I'm going through this. 
course that I'm going through that oh my I want to be the kind of soldier like my brothers here that I can walk in the midst of the fire and I'm not bound with fear I'm not bound with trauma but I'm loose I'm loose am I human sure do I have shortcomings sure but I'm still loose I see for me loose walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt and the form of the fourth is like the son of God how did this heathen know that praise God then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God. I want you to notice when he identifies who they are after the trial. If he would have believed this before, he'd have never thrown them in there. But what was it that produced even to this man, even to this man, which was a heathen, that they were servants of the Most High God? They came through the fire. Praise God. They came through the fire. Friend, you never know who's watching you. You never know who's praying for you for sure. And you never know who's watching you. You saying, oh Lord, why is this going on? It may not even be for you. And maybe someone else is looking at you and getting strength. You servants of the most high God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men. So what if God would have stopped them from going in? But don't you notice, the big shots, the up and ups, the rich guys, this is the Fifth Avenue of Babylon. I mean, these are the main guys. These are the Wall Street guys. These are the great, important guys. And you're there standing, and they see these guys inside that far, and they see them walk out, and they're standing there. Oh, God. Oh. Wouldn't even a smell like smoke on them. You couldn't even tell that didn't hear. I mean, their skin was intact. Their eyebrows wasn't even singed. The hair on their arms wasn't even burned off. And they didn't even smell like smoke. Only God can do this. Oh, Lord, children, we'll allow him. He'll bring, he'll bring us to our fiery trial. And when he pulls us out on the other side, our eyebrows, as it were, will not be singed and will not even smell like smoke. And we'll say, how did that happen? Because the fourth man appeared in your furnace. Why? Because you are a seed of Abraham and you're under the spirit of the last days, which is what? Arise and possess your gates. They saw these three men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. I realize atheists, agnostics, and 
all kinds of people in this day, they read this and say, this is a bunch of nonsense. It's a bunch of fables called a Bible. Aren't you glad you don't consider it a fable? You consider it a miracle. Is that right? Notice this. Oh my. Nor was an hair. Not the whole head. There wasn't, I mean, he done this so perfect that there wasn't even one little eyelash that went Bleh. There wasn't even one hair, not any hair. That's my God. Wasn't hair on their head singed. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. But they must have had this odd, peculiar smell of the lily of the valley and the rose of Sharon. Oh, praise God. They didn't smell like where they had been. They smelled like who they had been with. Thank you, Lord. That was a good one. Praise God. Oh, God, may we be like that. May we not take on the sins of Laodicea and the smell of heartache and all the sadness and the difficulty of living in 2021, but may we smell like the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, and you can be able to tell where we've been by the aroma. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God. Blessed be the God. Now he's praising God because these old boys are faithful to this trial. Blessed be the God of Becky Johnson, of Cynthia Parker, of you and you and you. Don't you see why you let us go through things sometimes? So others will have to testify of the life and the walk you have with God. Can you imagine how honored these men were? The first and only appearance like this that we read in the Bible that the Lord God entered into fire. He's pretty, you know, at home in fire anyway. I love the way the prophet takes this. Let's follow a little drama. I can see him. Let's look at him a moment. I can see him sitting on his throne. Oh my, his priestly robes all around him and I see coming to his right a noise. What is it? Let's call it Gabriel, the archangel. Run up to the side of him and pulled his sword and said, Master, have you looked down in Babylon? Three true believers are meeting their end. Have you beheld them? I've obeyed you all since you created me. Let me go down. I'll change the scene in a few moments. I believe you could, don't you? Amen. That big sword pulled. David seen him with it. Joshua seen him with it when he crossed the river. He said, I'm the captain of the host of the Lord. I've seen that sword drawn. Lord, let me go down, master. I can hear him say, Gabriel, you've been a good angel. 
since the day I created you. You've obeyed me, but I just can't let you go. I see Gabriel put his sword back into his sheath, take and stand attention at his side. Oh my, every sound of heaven's obeyed him. All but the heart of men. They don't want to obey him. They don't want to believe him. Look, coming to the left, here comes another angel, look at him. God has ministering spirits, angels. I believe this one right here, not far as he should. What is his name? Wormwood, bitter waters. I can hear him say, Master, if you look down there this morning, you gave me the keys in the Andalusian destruction. I poured the waters over the earth. Oh, what worm has it? Controls all the waters of the earth, the Bible says. And there he says, I'll go down there and wash Babylon off the face of the earth. I believe he could have done it, don't you? Yes, sir. I can hear him say, Woodworm, you've been a good angel. You did obey me, breaking up the springs of the deep and destroyed the world in days of Noah. But I just can't let you go. I can see Woodworm taking his place. You imagine he puts his sword back in the sheath. Have you considered another angel said, Yes, I've been watching them. All night long, old brother, if he's considered about three, he's considered about 3,000 here tonight. Well, if he considered about three, I believe he's considered about how many ever hundred is in this building tonight. And those of you that are streaming this service, his eyes on the sparrow, he knows right now what you have need of. He knows why you've come to this meeting tonight. I can hear him say, I can't let you go, you fellas. Because I'm going myself. Praise be to God. Oh my. I can see him rise in another place. And Brother Adam gave this illustration. He said that he said to Gabriel and Wormwood, you're great angels. But he said, this is a man-sized job. Then Brother Adam says, ha ha. This is a man's son. Oh, glory to God. It might have been the same day that Gabriel said, Father, can I go down and redeem Adam? Maybe one of another angel said, Father, can I go down and redeem him? But he said, I can't let you go. This is a man-sized job. Right. Hallelujah. He could not come as an angel. He could not come as a heavenly being. It must be a man-sized job. If he would have come in the form of theophany in that old glory to God, in that furnace, he could have been right there and the king would have never seen him. But he had to come in a man-sized body. Amen. He had to come in a man-sized body. Oh, I can see him rise. He said, you think I'm crazy, don't you? Y'all may think I am too, but I sure am enjoying this. You're going to call me a holy roller anyhow, so you might as well go ahead and do it. Oh, I love him. I owe my life wrapped in him. I see nothing but him. I can see him rise from his throne. His garments drop around him. He gets out there, way back over in the north country. 
I see a big thunderhead. I can hear him say, come here. Oh my, I can hear him say, east wind, west, north, south, come here. Everything minds him. And brother, sister, what is a headache? What is a tumor? What is a growth? Our God can reach out there and pull the four winds in his fist by spoken word. What is a cataract on an eye? What is a lost child? What is a backslidden child or daughter of God? Hallelujah. I can hear him say, go over there and get under that thunderhead and roll it over here. So there goes the east, the north, the south, the west wind. And they get under that big gigantic thunderhead. And here they come. He's fixing to veil himself in his chariot. Glory to God. And here it comes, churning up at the side of the throne. I can see him step off on that. Oh my, say winds. I'm going to drive you like horses this morning. I'm going down into Babylon. So you imagine him taking the mystical reins as it was. There's the east, the west, the north, the south wind. And the chariot is this big, gigantic thunder. Oh my. Thunderhead of clouds. Veiling the mighty one. I can see him reach up and get a hold of a zigzag lightning. <laughs> and pass by the tree of life and pick off a branch. That ain't for him. That's for his, that's for his youngins. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, what a way for a conqueror to come. Praise be to God. You imagine it, it, might, it might have been a high pressure down there in Babylon and there hadn't been no rain for no, who knows how long and all of a sudden up comes this gigantic thunder head that they'd never seen nothing like in their life. The north wind, the south wind, the east wind, the west wind is all blown at the same time and lightning is going over. I said, wow, boy, that's a strange looking storm. You ain't seen nothing yet. Let me tell you one thing. When our God gets ready to move in your life, it may come, brother, sister, exactly the same way. It may be that he grabs a hold to jagged, oh, hallelujah, bolt of light. And he said, all right, let's go down and visit Donnie. What if the Lord tonight said, all right, east wind, north wind, south wind, I want a big thunderbolt. Come on down. I hear Happy Valley's having church tonight. I want to go down and visit them. I want to bring healing. I want to bring deliverance. I want to bring peace. I want to bring power. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. She reaches up and grabs a hold of that lightning. And he passes by the tree of life and picks off a branch. They made their last step. Trusting God's word. And about the time 
they stepped in. There was one like the Son of Man standing by their side. Hallelujah, yes, sir. With a palm fanning away. So imagine there he stands at that branch off the tree of life. And they said, oh my, oh my, we're, we're not sure if our God will deliver us or not, but there's one thing we know, we are not bowing down to that image. That's one thing we know for sure. I'm not sure what he's going to do. I don't know if he's going to heal me. I don't know if he's going to take me, but I know one thing, I'll hold my faith all the way to the end. Amen. That's exactly right. I am a winner either way. Amen. Satan, you cannot take me. You cannot destroy me. And all of a sudden they said, oh God, oh God, oh God, Shadrach looked at me and said, you feel that? <laughs> Have we gone to heaven? Are we dead? And there they see one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and gird about the paps with a golden girdle. Lord God, children, if the Lord can help us tonight, if we'll open our eyes, no matter how hard the furnace gets, if we'll look for him, he's there. You, you, you're, you want him to, to stop you from going in. No, that may not be his plan. He, his plan may be once you get in, the, the very first step, you're on the inside, and you go to feeling this greatest air conditioning you have ever felt in your life. And you're wondering, how am I even making it through this? How am I surviving this? I'll tell you, it's a palm branch from the tree of life. He still passes through the furnace of fire with his children. Some of you are wondering tonight, how in the world am I in my right mind? I've been through so much stuff. I've suffered through so much. I don't know how I'm doing it. I'll tell you how you're doing it. This same son of man is in the furnace with you, my brother, sister. Even with the hot breezes down talking with them, when King Nebuchadnezzar opened the doors and said, how many did you put in there? said, three. said, there's four. And one looks like the son of God. I love the way Brother Bram says, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His powers cannot fail. He cannot. God is in his son. You believe that? God is in his people. God is here tonight. Let me tell you something. God ain't just going to be your Sunday morning, but God is here tonight. God ain't just going to be your next week, but God is here tonight. Maybe tonight is your night. One time they had three of them down in Babylon, that great big city there that was built a super city. They had a supernatural and they throwed it into a super fire. Het. Seven times hotter than it was ever. Het. In case you folks don't know what that is, that's genuine Kentuckian. Het. Oh, some of you are too high kaflutin', aren't you? Oh my, you know all of your I's and your Q's and your dots and your I'd rather be a hillbilly and be able to have faith. If you can be hikaflutin' and have faith, hold on to your hikaflutin'ness, if there is such a word. But don't let your hikaflutin'ness and your education drive out the power of faith. It will not be your education, it will not be your degrees that'll bring the Son of Man in the furnace. It'll be your faith.
And there was a supernatural sign of a supernatural God standing in the fire, supernaturally saving them. Amen. What did they do? They possessed the gates of the furnace. Their enemy. It seemed as if though the gates, the mouse, the door of the furnace would possess him. The men that threw them in, the furnace was so hot, it destroyed the men that threw them in. You see, Babylon cannot even protect its own. So I'm telling you, rock and roll cannot protect you. The world cannot protect you. But God not only protects his own on his side, but when the devil gets after you, God still protects you. And they possessed the gates. They were thrown in against their will, but they walked out. Praise God. You imagine them coming to themselves and saying, what happened? Is that a dream? I know I'm, I'm going to wake up. There's no way. I was just thrown into that fire and I walked out and here I am. And then they say, oh, Lord God, it was you. That was you. You come down and you helped us to possess the gates of the fire. Isn't it amazing that God could write these things about three men? Now tell me, Brother Donnie, tell me another 150 miracles that they've done. I can't. Tell me another uh, 10 pages of history where Shamgar done this or that or the other. All I have record of is one. And some of you say, I've never done nothing. God has done more in your life in this age than what many of these heroes of the Bible that you've made superheroes out of. And God living through you and God helping you to overcome. And God has done more in your life than he's done some of these people that we have magnified and made superheroes out of. God done one miracle and they're known through history. They're preached by countless of tens of thousands, probably tens of millions of preachers for one miracle. One miracle. And every day you get up, and whenever you lay down at night, you're still saying, you're a miracle. You see, there's only one, one way. God can prove his word by believers. Let me close with this. He took the heat right out of the blaze of the fiery furnace to prove that his word was so. That he could deliver from the fire right among those blazes where those children were thrown in there and stayed in there a long time. When even the man that threw them into it in the intense heat of that furnace killed the great soldiers that was leading them up there and God let the fire burn right on. But he took the heat out of it. Now could we process this through Harvard? Could we take this to some great doctor of physics? Could we take this to some person studying whatever more and say, now we want you to explain this for us. And you say, you, you people are idiots. You people believe that fable? It's not a fable to us. It's our family history. It's a record of our family. This, this is what happens to us. This runs in our family to believe God in the middle of hell. He left the fire burn right on, but he took the heat out of it. Brother Keith, how is that possible? That God can let the fire burn right on, and it's right around you, and you're as cool as a cucumber. 
I mean, man, you're talking about cool. These brothers were cool. They go, oh, 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 oh. It's licking up on their arms. It's licking up on their face. It's licking up, but the fan was in there to take care of the heat, not distinguish the fire. Not to say, oh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, I don't want to do it. I'm going to catch this, each one, I'm going to go say, one, two, three, and put the fire out. No, that's not the miracle. The miracle is the fire's burning right on, but there was no heat. Don't you see, if your faith is right, your trials cannot destroy you. He don't eliminate them. He don't blow the fire out. But he makes the heat to where the heat does not destroy you. And you look in your mind and say, oh God, I can never go through that. Oh Lord, something like that would turn me all to pieces. Oh Lord, I'd never be able to do it. And you turn right around and God lets you go through something like that or even greater. And you look back and think, did I just come through that? Did I just come through that? How was it? It was another branch off the tree of life. And he didn't put the fire out, but he blowed the heat away from you. And you come out on the other side saying, praise God. Praise God. Oh, he proves if you stand by him, he'll stand by you. Yes, sir. Well, sir, an hour later, they open the door. Can you imagine an hour later? An hour later. They open the door and say, say, how many did you put in there anyhow? So well, we put three in there. He said, there's four in there. And one of them looks like the son of God. See, he shows, cause why? He is the word. They said, God is able to deliver us from that fiery furnace, but nevertheless, we're not bound to any image because we're standing by the word. Any image, form of religion, get away from it. God will stand by you. Listen, friend, we're standing for him in this day. We're standing against sin. We're standing against idolatry. We even stand against things that's corrupt around the message. And I ain't afraid to stand here because I know when it comes time, he's going to be standing by me. Oh, he said, but I'm so afraid. I'm afraid. Oh, but, but people will leave me. People will do this. Yep, they sure will. But I'd rather stand alone and have him standing with me than to have everybody stand behind me and him turn away. Oh, oh, thank you, Lord. Notice this. He is God. You stand by him. He will stand by you. He proves his word true every time. Took the heat out of the blaze. Stopped the lion's mouth and so forth. Praise God. Let's stand together. Let's just break into another testimony here, if you don't mind. He's talking about Daniel. I can hear him say, one day for my testimony, they threw me into a den of lions. While I was standing there, at the first thing I seen, lions. I heard their soft padded hoofs are coming, or their paws, and I could feel their breaths almost on me. In that dark dungeon, in a few minutes, I'd be tore together. All of a sudden, something moved every fiber in my body. 
In the name of Jesus, if you feel that come into your room where you are at home, or laying on your bed, or sitting behind your steering wheel, pull over on the side of the road, and it goes to charging your body, let it do the same for you. Glory to God. Something moved every fiber in my body. And I felt something tingling. My face turned hot. And chills went through me. And I seen those lions' eyes. They were coming. Now can you imagine you're standing there and you're trying to figure out, is this that I'm feeling? Is it fear? Is it trauma? It seems different than fear, but if you've ever been scared, you know how that fear can make you do that. I have this crazy dream, and I have it over and over again. It's, it's crazy. And I'm in a truck driving, and Harry comes up beside the truck. It's the same dream over and over again. And whenever he comes up with the truck, I've got the window rolled down. I never reach my head down and go, ah! <laughs> Except he don't get scared. I do. <laughs> and in the dream, I, I go to feeling this tingle just go <laughs> all over me. Anybody ever been afraid like that and it just flushes your body? You imagine he can see just enough light in there. You know how the animals' the eyes are that, that hunt in the night to predators. And their eyes stick out. I've seen them in the jungles of Africa myself. And you imagine, Brother Wes, he can see them. And the pads, big old feet like that. They've got big old salt, like, almost like a rubbery sponge pad. They can sneak right up on their prey. And here they come. Them big eyes. He can feel their breaths. And here he's standing with this tingling and this, this overwhelming feeling. And the first thing you know, they begin to turn their head and walk away. When that feeling left me, I looked standing in the corner, and there stood that one who is the Son of God, standing there. God had sent His angels to deliver me. I can hear Him say that. That power was upon me. My muscles were shaking. The power was going through me. Tears was coming down my cheeks. He's the Son of God. Now, Brother Random in this sermon was calling up different people to testify. Oh, I wonder if we could have a testimony meeting here tonight. And some of you could give a similar story of how God has moved for you, you, and you. You see, Daniel is not the same yesterday, today, and forever. No Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But our Lord Jesus is. Amen. So whether you're in a den of lions, or you're in a fiery furnace, or you're facing trouble in your home, trouble on your job, whatever it is, he still has branches off the tree of life. Isn't it amazing? He did not ride by a thunderhead into the lion's den. Small place. Too small, apparently, for a thunderhead. So what does he do? Brother Branham said he come in a form of that light, that pillar of fire, because any animal is afraid of fire. Amen. So here he come 
that thunderhead was a great manifestation, but it wouldn't work for Daniel. Them lions needed fire. Several years ago, I was, I was in Zimbabwe hunting. Brother Biscoe and them was there. I was going to meet them on the Zambezi River. And there was, there was some lions that at nighttime were coming up where they were camping. And the brothers there said they'd never seen anything like it in their life. They had to go to the cars. They built great big bonfires. And generally, the lions are terrified of fires. I'm not sure if them lions was hungry. They smelled Canadian bacon. I don't know exactly what it was. But they, they was coming, and the brothers, even the African brothers, went for the cars, and they got afraid. And they was telling us about it whenever we got there a couple of days later. And this time, the fire didn't scare them. But here come the Son of God, the Logos, through a shut dungeon door. Praise God. And when Daniel come in there, this shaking on him, this quivering tears coming down his eyes, and he could see their eyes coming before him, and all of a sudden, and between Daniel and the lions, remember they fed them on human flesh, and they would keep them hungry for days. You imagine when a human would come near the gate, they could smell them. Man-eaters, man-eaters. Once they ever taste of human flesh, they have to kill them. Because they'll stop eating goats, they'll stop attacking baboons, and they go constantly after human beings. These were man-eaters. Look, friends, we are dealing with demons that know what they're doing. Oh, they may say to us, oh, we're bigger than you, we're this, that. You are liars. You demons. We're not facing you in our own strengths, but that pillar of fire is still with the bride. Praise God, if I need a thunderhead, he'll send me a thunderhead. If I need zigzag lightning, he'll send me that. If I need a little link of the pillar of fire, whatever I need, he's my God. And he's always on time, right on time. Praise God. Don't you love him with all your heart? What do you need tonight, children? Brother Rem said he stayed there all night. And the lion's den was supernatural brought out the next morning because he believed and trusted in a supernatural God. And he possessed the gate of the lion's den. He possessed the gate of the lion's den. Praise God. What is your gate tonight? Is it lust? Pornography? Weakness of some sort? Physical? It doesn't make any difference what the gate's name is. God did not have to go down through their name every gate. Just whatever the gate of the enemy is in your life, he's given you the key. You know what the key is? The prophet tells us. It's the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, sir. I say... In the name of Jesus, to every devil out of hell coming against God's people, coming against the saints of God and our assembly, our brothers and sisters around the world, you are defeated. And you are a bluff. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have no legal authority Amen. over us, Satan. We are the children of the Most High God. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us tonight, Father. 
anoint our faith. Lord, I read it today, and I was just amazed at the way your prophet said it. And he said that you've got to really have it. He said, because you can't bluff Satan, because he's the big bluff himself. So he said, that's where many people mess up. They try to bluff Satan, and Satan knows they're bluffing. But he said, he's the big bluff. And I thought it was so amazing. But he said, if you have faith, Satan knows you've got it. I thought, praise God. Satan knows you've got it. And that's what he's afraid of. So he said, it's not how loud you scream or how much you shout. He said, it's not quantity, but quality. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, as your children tonight, we bring our burdens and we cast them on you. We don't want to pick them up after the service is over and take them back home and say, well, I laid them there for a little bit, but now I'm going to take it home and worry about it some more. But the Bible tells us to cast our care on you, for you care for us. Lord, there's things I don't have the answer to. There's whys that I have. I I don't know that I'll ever understand why about some things. But to be honest, I'd rather spend more time on trying to be a better child of God and have greater understanding than trying to solve puzzles and questions that more than likely I never will. Lord God, we need you tonight. It would be a sin for us to disbelieve after all you've done among us. Praise God. Lord, just today talking to a brother before church and him sharing with me what the Lord had done in his life. Unable to walk, not even hardy to get up and get around. But Lord, you come on the scene in the brother's life and he was so rejoicing. I told him, I said, brother, I called you to encourage you. But instead you shared this testimony and it's encouraged me. (laughs) Praise God. That's the way we are, Lord, when we hear you moving, not just in our home, not just in our lives, but when we hear you moving for our brothers and sisters, it encourages us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord God, how many of us have needed a miracle? And there wasn't no other way, but we can raise our hands high tonight and say, I'm a witness. I'm a witness that God can take a life that's bound for hell, all wretched and lost, and turn them around and put them on a straight and narrow path. When the doctors give you a report, oh my, that it's impossible for this and that and the other to happen, I can raise my hands tonight and say, I want to testify. I am a witness to the resurrection of the power of Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. Oh, Lord, we thank you, dear Jesus. Lord, Carol, let me read the testimony of Sister Brenda Thompson of what you've done for her, Lord. Just seeing the miraculous power of God. And whenever they found this reoccurring cancer in her body and the doctor said it was even too big to take out. Hallelujah. But something anointed her face. One thing after another, after another, and then them same doctor said, it ain't no longer there. So it goes from being too big to take out to too small to find. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
from being so big, it's inoperable to come into a spot that we can't find it no more. That's our God. That's our God. Oh, Jesus, we worship you tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, would you sing that song for us again? I mean, just like to testify as it was by raising your hands and say, yes, I want to be a witness. I want all heaven to know tonight, and I sure want all hell to know. I am a living witness of his resurrecting power. Hallelujah. I've not just read about what he did. I have seen what he is doing. And I know he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whatever you need tonight, friends, whatever you need in your body, in your soul, in your home, on your job, whatever it is, we're serving a living, resurrected Christ. You believe it? Yes, sir. Let's just rejoice and worship him a little bit before we go, can we? Yes, sir. Oh, isn't it an honor to be able to be together in the presence of God the way it is here? Hallelujah. Have you ever sat down a mountain too tall to climb? Oh, thank you, Lord. The way to get over, no matter how hard you No matter try. how hard you try. Somehow the Lord brought you to the other side. Can I get a witness? Stood on the banks of a Red Sea wrestling down Cause it's too far to swim and too wide to get around But the good Lord brought you through walking on dry ground Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness?
the other side Can I get a witness Have you stood on the banks of a Red Sea wrestling down Cause it's too far to swim Too wide to get around But the good Lord brought you through
let's worship him with a song you deserve the glory and the in a worship as we
try and shout to the Lord for us. Aren't you thankful for the service tonight? Aren't you thankful for a midweek service where God can come and meet your needs? Amen. I just wonder if anybody here tonight, can you just raise your hand if you feel like God met a need for you tonight? You're going to leave this service with a faith. You know, I watched this just little 80, 90 pound little girls come up here with needs in their life. God only knows what kind of devils that those young girls face and the young men that we, that we go with. But we're praying for you. And I believe you can walk into whatever your battle, whatever it is that you're facing. And those demons that are tormenting you, whatever it's bothering you, can be scared to make eye contact with you. They'll see behind you and they're Shamgar holding an ox goat. And they see Samson with a job. All those, those folks are, are on the other side praying for you just like we are. We just want, I want to rally together for these, for these young people that's in our service, the old people, all of us together as a family. I'm thankful for a place to come to where we can draw strength one from another. Amen. Let's just worship just a little bit more as we go tonight. Remember the service this weekend. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. to praise the wonders of your mighty Tower of breath. 
refuge and strength. Tonight. Lord, there is none. 